The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and on this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Wayne Ferrer because it's another episode of the NFL Recap of the Week, the NFL Weekly Show. Wayne, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. I mean, you never know what you're going to get from day to day, so I can't complain here. I get some snow today in the Northeast, so looking forward to a little bit of winter weather. For sure. I, I can say, I think what we had earlier this week, at least on Tuesday, uh, yesterday, December 15th, or on Sunday, is coming to you because we got some snow in Oklahoma City, which is very odd to get this much amount of snow, at least. And I'm very thankful for it because it's not turned to ice just yet. So um, no one's slipping and falling or driving off the side of the roads that I know of. So everyone stay safe, of course, in Oklahoma while driving and in uh, New Jersey when it gets to you. But with that being said, Wayne, let's get to the past winners from this past week, and I'll let you go ahead first. Yeah, for sure. So uh, watching some football this week, a lot of good action going on around the league. Uh, my first winners for the week were the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, they stood up really strong uh, on defense against a, a really good Giants team. Uh, they gave up, I believe it was seven points. Um, the Giants, it looked like they just didn't have a game plan. Um, they got their quarterback, Daniel Jones, back. You know, that brutal hamstring injury from two weeks ago. Got the upset win over Seattle. And for a week, we're all sitting there going, well, the Giants are going to win the division. You know, they're going to possibly upset a team in the playoffs. They got their run game going. Maybe they'll shock a team or two in the playoffs. Um, again, they reverted back to that NFC least type of play. Um, just did not have a good game. Uh, Daniel Jones looked bad. He came out of the game and they put Colt McCoy in. Um, didn't make much of a difference. Uh, Kyler Murray, I got to give it to him. Uh, Madison's game, one touchdown. Nothing special. Just just got the job done. I think they lost like four of their last five or some standard like that, and they needed a W to stay in that NFC West race. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, welcome back. I mean, he's kind of been MIA for, I would say, like two weeks. Um, you know, nine catches for 136 yards. Like I said, they just stopped their skid. I thought it was a really important W for them, especially playing against a really tough Giants defense. And, um, you know, they have a really tough matchup coming up this week, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, number two winners of the week, I got to give it to the Washington football team. Um, listen, with the Giants' loss, they're now in first place in the NFC least. And Alex Smith left with an injury to his leg. I think it's a calf injury. Um, there's some optimism that he's going to be able to play this upcoming week, but um, they had to go back to old reliable. Their opening day starter, Dwayne Haskins, um, he came in and didn't do too much better as well. He was 7 for 12, a 30.7 QBR. So, again, you're playing the tough 49ers team. Defense, obviously, they're missing their Nick Bosa, missing Garoppolo, missing some you know key players on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Washington, like, the reason why they're winners, they didn't score an offensive touchdown in one of the game. Chase Young, their number two overall pick, he stepped up. Like, that's the guy that they envisioned when they draft him. Someone said this week that Chase Young is everything that Houston Texans wish Javion Clowney was going to be um, and more. So, I mean, he had a big sack and he had a touchdown. Like he's, he's a big boy and he can move. Like I think they have something going with that D line. It's going to be scary for years to come. Um, they could be a team of destiny. 
Uh, they have a really tough matchup with Seattle next. But again, last week, winners. They escaped the W. Might get Alex Smith back. Not sure. Uh, my final winners of the week, I got to give it to the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, like, this is what happens when Pittsburgh plays a tough team this year. And I've made a lot of comments on Twitter and, you know, made some posts. And I'm I, I very vocal about it. You know, that Pittsburgh has had a cupcake schedule. They haven't played anybody. And these last two weeks, you know, you play a really good defense in Washington, like we just talked about. And then this week, they played Buffalo, who's a really good all-around team. You know, and it just looks like Ben Roethlisberger just can't move around. He looks like an old man back there. Josh Allen looked great, 24-43. Two touchdowns. Interception, I think, was on a – he threw a ball up. Again, minor mistake, but, like, it didn't make a difference. 238 yards passing. Stephon Diggs, like this guy, like had 10 catches and a touchdown. Like, like if you would have told me this trade would have had such a huge impact on how Josh Allen progressed, like, I would have been like, I don't know, man. Like, Stephon Diggs, just a Minnesota Vikings guy, like, system player. Like, I heard he's a cancer. Um, everything they talk about him uh, in Buffalo is like, he's like everything they wanted and more. And like, he's, oh, he wants to win and like, he's there for that. And he's a great team player. So I don't know what the rumors were out of Minnesota, but, I mean, it seems to be opposite of what we're hearing out of Buffalo. And I, I personally think they're a legit threat in the AFC. Like, that defense at that pick six right before half that I realistically flipped the game switch. Um, you know, if, if you don't recall, they were down, I believe it was, you know, seven to three at the time. And, like, it was like a minute left. Pittsburgh tried to squeeze in a couple more points out through a pick six. And, like, that really changed the game because I believe they got balled half. So I got to give a shout-out to them. Like, they are uh, really trending in the right direction. And, you know, it's – they're just realistically just – if they can get the run game going, like, they they could beat the Kansas City Chiefs if they can get the run game going. I mean, they haven't really done it all year long. But, again, like, I got to give them as winners this week. Like, Pittsburgh's really tumbling now. And, you know, Kansas City's going to end up getting that home field advantage in the – AFC. So, um, I mean, those are my three big winners from the week, Calvin. Um, you know, we'll flip it over to you. See if you have any uh, comments on those three. Yeah, I got to say that Buffalo game was very surprising to me from the sheer fact that in the first half, it looked like both teams were kind of even against each other. And then the second half, it just kind of flipped. Stephon Diggs was able to go off. I mean, he was able to catch a bunch of slant routes and just pretty much do whatever he wanted against that Steelers defense, which Year after year, we hear about it, how good the Steelers' defense is. And I know they've had some injuries. Everyone has at this point. It's week 13. But with that being said, the Steelers' defense is no longer able to just stop everyone and let the offense kind of game plan themselves into a victory. Earlier on this season, I think it was the first game of the season for the Steelers, we saw them beat the Giants. And it was, a, oh, it's a big statement when the Steelers are back, they're doing good. And now we can see today that, hey, the Giants aren't anything to talk about, right? They lost a game when they had their starting quarterback back from injury, and they won two previously without their starting running back in, who's the maybe best running back in the NFL. It's kind of hard to tell. And Saquon Barkley, when he's healthy at least. But also, I mean, Colt McCoy is one in the Giants games. So when the Steelers beat the Giants, that's not, not a ton to talk about. The other thing I'd say too is, is that it feels like the Steelers have kind of lost three in a row. I know they had that weird win against Baltimore, middle of the week, you know, three weeks ago. But that doesn't really feel like a true win in my eyes because it wasn't against Lamar Jackson. It wasn't against a lot of healthy 
Ravens players. So fast forward to today, and we see the Steelers and how they're operating. They do not have a good run game at all. They do not have the ability to stop deep passing plays or even quick passing plays from the Bills. And the Steelers aren't really able to stretch the field too much with um, with wideouts, which, you know, Antonio Brown leaving their team a couple years ago, kind of figured they would fix, but they really haven't fixed it too well just yet. I hope my, my guy, James Washington from Oklahoma State, helps them fix that with deep routes later on this week, and they kind of get clicking with it a little bit just for the Oklahoma State alumni's sake. But besides that, I don't know if I want to make too much of a big deal about how I don't think the Steelers are that great. But the Steelers are definitely showing their flaws, right? I think that Washington loss is very tipping of the hand of, hey, now we get to see exactly who you guys are. And then the Bills are able to do it again to them next week. So it's in in my eyes, it's either one or two things. One, there's a pattern. People have figured out to beat the Steelers. Or two, it's two weird, two wins. One against a decent team in Washington who's kind of emerging late. And two against maybe the best team in the AFC besides the Chiefs, in the Bills. So, I don't know how much much stock to put into it necessarily. I think it's one of those two things. With that being said, though, I think that the Cards' win was great, and I also think Washington's win earlier this week was great, too. So, I I love your winners from the past week. My winners, at least, are I have the Rams to start out with here. I I mean, the Rams are just, um, oh, excuse me, I have the Bears. Bears. Sorry, I was looking at the previous weeks here. I I think the Bears did what they needed to to at least stay in playoff contention. Right now, they are behind the Vikings, at least in the you know playoff standings and that type of stuff. It's just because of the tiebreaker that happened. And, like, the Bears stayed in it. They, they beat the crap out of the Texans. I mean, that game wasn't even close. We had talked, actually, I had talked last week about how the Bears just slid for weeks in a row. And, oh my gosh, the Bears can't do anything. The Bears haven't won a game since October. The Bears can't do anything, can't do anything. And then all of a sudden, the Bears just come out and just whoop up on the Texans. And I talked about the Texans as losers last week, too, about how I feel bad for Deshaun Watson, really needing more help, but also is just kind of in his hands late against the Colts in the previous week's game. But this last weekend's game, man, I... I don't know where you go if you're the Texans from here, right? Deshaun Watson signs that big contract over the offseason, and now they just look like they really need a lot of help at multiple positions. But I'll get into the Texans here later, actually. I have them as a loser as well, just because of how big that was. But the Bears stay in the playoff hunt, play pretty darn good, and, I mean, for all for all do it, you know, everything all together, Dave Montgomery seems to put together some good games, fantasy-wise and just period, just some good games every so often for the Bears. Helm keeping that playoff hunt a little bit. Granted, I don't think they're in it yet, but they, uh, you know, they're just the eight seed or whatever. They're not over 500 even, but maybe, maybe the Bears. I mean, it might be a stretch, but maybe the Bears could do something there. It'd be really interesting to see if they're able to get like the seventh seed or something, and then in the second round play the Packers or the Packers to keep the first seed that they have now. Um, the second winner from the past week here is the Chiefs. I talked about this last week on the podcast, about the Chiefs are just finding different ways to win. And this is cannot be more true this week as well, too. Miami Dolphins played great defense, it seemed, for 57 minutes of the entire game. There are three minutes where the Chiefs seemed like they scored three touchdowns in three minutes. I'm sure it's a little bit longer than that, of course. But Dolphins seemed to play really, really good defense. I mean, they sacked Patrick Mahomes for a 30-yard sack. He Mahomes threw three interceptions in this game. 
And yet the Chiefs still figured out a way to win. So on one hand, I want to say, hey, you know what? Like the Dolphins played good, but they've got to keep, you know, they've, they've got to play better. You know, they've, they've got to adapt during the game. They've got to play better. But on the other hand, the Chiefs just look really, really good. I don't know how much more nice things I can say about the Chiefs or how many more hyperboles or whatever it is. Tony Romo said before that game even started that he's running out of uh, idioms and he's running out of synonyms and all these bright, colorful words to use about Patrick Mahomes because he's already used them because Mahomes is just playing so incredibly well. Travis Kelsey is on pace this year to lead the NFL in receiving yards. He's a tight end. That shouldn't happen. You know, that, that just shouldn't be a thing. A tight end shouldn't be leading the NFL in receiving yards. But Kelsey's on pace to do it. Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins have been playing extremely well, too. So is McCall Hardman. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks like he's not missing a step at all, just being used a little bit differently, you know, every so often with Le'Veon Bell being on the roster, too. So, shout-out to the Chiefs. Another great win for them. I mean, I could just keep beating the Chiefs drum the whole entire day, but I think everyone knows the Chiefs have team to beat right now. Regardless, I'm excited to see their matchup this week, of course, depending on if Drew Brees does play or not. And lastly, my third winner here is a big winner, not just for their own division, but for their playoff standings as well, too. Big in the playoff matchups right now as we head into um, Week 15. It'll be this week, but we're recapping Week 14, of course. And that is the Indianapolis Colts. I I think it was a great win that they beat the Las Vegas Raiders. I think it was a great win that they won the way they did. They scored 40-plus points in the game. They really put an emphasis on it. Um, on just getting the ball to everyone. You know, I mean, their running backs actually showed up in the game too, which is impressive. And their defense scored a touchdown late for them too, just to kind of seal it off without letting the Raiders even back into it. So the Colts are finding different ways to win games as well, but they're also seem to be flowing and doing better and better week after week at the right times here. So they seem to be on an upward trend, right? As you would head towards the playoffs, but Rivers is playing a lot better. Of course, I think that's probably expected now just because he's more in tune with the Colts system. They didn't really have an off season. Now the Colts are playing better. Of course, I think that's what's happened with Brady as well. And Tampa Bay is that he plays a little bit better week after week when he doesn't face really tough opponents because they're a little bit easier one and because, hey, we we know the Raiders aren't like the greatest defensive team ever. We're not talking about them like we at least were before this last week's matchup, uh, about like the Saints and a bunch of others. So those are my three winners, the Bears, Chiefs, and Colts. I think it's great for the Colts to get that divisional win. And, um, well, excuse me, not divisional, but just AFC win because it does knock the Raiders down a spot as well as the Raiders, of course, are still trying to fight for a playoff seed too. So those are my three winners from this past week. Wayne, what about you as far as the losers go? Yeah, and I want to touch on that Kansas City game. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just to swing it off because uh, I actually do have the Dolphins as my number one loser uh, for the week, uh, mainly because they were they created three turnovers from Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, they had the golden opportunity to, like, steal a game that, let's be completely upfront, like, nobody really should be doing. Like, that Kansas City team is the best team in football right now. Uh, to attack of all, he played okay, like, just not like, great. Like, I'm waiting for this guy to – like have a game where he's like stepping up and like just putting up numbers and like going back to that Alabama tour that we all, all saw. And like, I know it's his rookie year. I get it. He's only started what a handful of games. We're talking about like what four or five games now, but like 
at what point am I going to be wowed by this guy? Like, he just looks like a strict game manager. And to be completely, like, frank with you, I'm just – I'm not impressed with him. I really am not. Um, I do think, obviously, it's still too early to, to judge the guy. But, I mean, that, like, you create three turnovers from Patrick Mahomes. Like, that doesn't happen every single game. You don't get that guy to turn the ball over and make mistakes like that. Like, you have to make them pay for that. Um, and they just, like – I don't know why, but every team that plays Kansas City, like, for some reason, they decide, like, we're not going to cover Travis Kelsey. We're going to let him be wide open. Like, this guy just dominates every single week. Eight catches for 136 yards. And another touchdown. And then they finally start to, you know, tame a little bit of uh, Tyreek Hill. Then he gets, you know, breaks loose for, you know, a touchdown. And he had three catches for 79 yards. Um, And he also had a rushing touchdown. So it's like, I I look at that as, like, a really – missed opportunity like don't be wrong like their core is young they're gonna grow together it's gonna be a great learning experience for them but like if you ever have an opportunity to like be a team like casey just go for it man like you know don't pull back the strings like just try and go for it down the their throats but hey like it is what it is um you know i I said it was a tough loss for them and i like i said it's i I have them as losers because i thought they should have won the game um my number two loser of the week the New England Patriots. Like, I believe me and yourself and I were pretty excited to watch the game on Thursday night. And, you know, I thought it was going to be a close game. I said, you know, man, you know, I think Belichick got the team going. They won, like, four straight. Like, they're going to do this. Like, they're going to squeeze into playoffs, and they're going to make some noise. And, uh, no, that just it wasn't the case. Like, I mean, like, when are they going to be done with Cam Newton? I, I know they asked Belichick because he said Cam Newton is the quarterback. But, like. Listen, he's just not a starting NFL quarterback anymore. Let's like let's just put that on the table. Um, you're wrong. Like I'm I'm a big fan of his, and when I you know comes out, I think he there's a backup role for him somewhere where he comes in and plays a couple games a year. But like he can't keep playing like he is and expect to be paid a big contract as a starter. It, it's just not going to happen. It's just not realistic. Um, you know, he was nine for sixteen, 119 yards, zero touchdowns, and a pick. A 2.9 QBR. 2.9. Like, that's it's pretty embarrassing. Um, and like I said, it was a Thursday night game, so it's nationally televised, Fox. And uh, they, they just looked awful. And like I said, for the first time in a long time, they're not going to win the division this year because of Buffalo's win. For the first time in a long time. So, again, like, we didn't expect them to be super great this year, but... I personally would be going with Jared Stidham the rest of the way. At least see what you have in the guy. Um, he played just as well when he came in, so it's not like much is there. Would at least let you evaluate the talent. Um, and my third loser of the week is the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. If you watched that game or like any part of it, like Tom Brady was not on in the first half. Like he missed so many throws. I remember watching him overthrow a wide open Chris Goblin. I mean, nobody within forty yards of this guy. Like. And he was just sitting there, like, stopped with his hands up, and he just overthrew him. Um, and, I mean, it just gave them a chance, and they messed up because they let the guy settle in. And uh, the, the one real turning point that I would say swung the game open, it was a one-possession game going into the halftime, and then Brady threw a Hail Mary before half, and they got called for pass interference. And they put the ball in the one. They were able to squeeze three points out of it because Bruce Arians is a smart coach and just takes the points. Um, other coaches, I think, in the league would have went for the touchdown. Um, I think the smart move is to take the three, like Bruce Arians did. Really good coaching spot right there. Um, 
And like I said, Brady didn't play well. 196 yards. Two touchdowns. Yeah, it's cool and all. But, like, if you really watch the game, it wasn't that well. It was not a good game. Um, I just, like I said, I, I feel like they, they missed an opportunity. Now they have seven losses. Big game versus Chicago this week. Um, and realistically, if they lose, they're out. You know, that's just kind of how the playoff picture is starting to look now. Um, but, again, I just feel like for them to take a step forward or, like, people consider them like as an actual serious threat, you know, they had to win that game last week, and, you know, they didn't. So, I mean, those are my three losers. Um, I don't know if you have any comments on those, but uh, pretty plain cut and simple. Yeah, so for me at least, I think that – I don't know. I, I think that the Dolphins' loss is, is true. I think that you have to win games when the other team throws three interceptions. You know, I actually do an Oklahoma State football recap podcast with a buddy, and we talked about how that Oklahoma State, when we played Texas earlier on this season, they had like five turnovers to, I think, Texas is zero. Maybe they had one. I, I kind of forget. And we were just beating ourselves up the entire time because how do you lose a game that – you won the turnover margin by, you know, by a lot, right? And so, I mean, the Oklahoma State thing, I'm, I'm kind of saying like, hey, we should have lost that game, right? Like we lost the turnover margin against Texas. It was, you know, it was really bad. Well, the Dolphins got to be going, we should have won this game. We won the turnover margin by a lot. And we we had Patrick Mahomes through three interceptions. And, I mean, they, they really got to Mahomes, it seemed like, to start out the game at least. But they weren't able to keep up that offensive production to stay with the Chiefs, which I don't know if anyone is. And that's why I give the Chiefs just a little bit more of, like, the true, like, the win. Because the Chiefs just keep proving that it doesn't matter what you do, the Chiefs are going to win. And it, I think that just sucks. I think that's disheartening. If you're a Dolphins fan or if you're just watching the game or especially if you're playing against the Chiefs. It's, oh my gosh, dude, everything we try to do, just we can't stop these guys. And I do agree with the, the Travis Kelsey comment on one hand of, hey, let's just let's just literally put a linebacker and a safety over the top and just stop this dude. On the other hand, Andrew's found a way to exploit that, I guess, because no one's been able to stop Kelsey yet, and I'm not an NFL genius, and there's a bunch of other, there's 32 other coaches in the NFL, head coaches that have, you know, um, at least, you know, including, I guess, one defensive coordinator in there that have played against the Chiefs and haven't been able to really stop them, to be honest. I'm curious to see how the Chiefs' offense changes over the coming weeks, if they are a little bit more conservative, as they know teams are trying to figure out how to beat them going into the playoffs, and there's, there's going to be teams trying to scout them or, or whatever that have the playoff seats locked up. They're going to try to look into their game film, whatever. But... I mean, I'm with you. I mean, it's the the Chiefs should be able to be stopped. Every offense is able to be stopped. The Chiefs did lose a game earlier this season to the Raiders. What did the Raiders do right? The Chiefs had figured out to do differently and do better now. That creates another weakness somewhere else, right? No team's perfect because there's a salary cap in the NFL too. So, I mean, there's it doesn't even matter if there's a salary cap because the MLB no team's perfect when they outspend everyone else. But we we've seen that every single year. So. I think you had uh, three great losers. I, I do agree with the Dolphins, just kind of back and forth in my head about if it was that much of a loss or if it's just the Chiefs are that good. But anyways, my three losers, I'll start off here, and they'll just say real quickly because I don't think it's that big of a loss, but it is the Browns. When you give up 45 points to an NFL team, you can't be looking yourselves in the face next morning and going, yeah, we're great, because that's what happened um, when the Browns 
you know, lost on Monday night to, to the, to the Ravens. And that game was amazing. That game was awesome to watch. I've watched highlights. I've watched recaps. There's a two-point conversion for the Browns that deflects off of one guy and is caught by another dude. And it, it's impressive. And Baker Mayfield played extremely well. I, I normally am very hard on Baker Mayfield. He played extremely well. I'm not going to try to get on to him too much. Um, Oklahoma State's own Vincent Taylor, of course. Shout out on the D-line. Did block, I believe, a PAT. So I do want to say that for the Browns. But both teams gave up a ton of points. So the Ravens just found a way to score in the score more in the end. That's why I don't think it's that bad of a loss necessarily. Lamar Jackson clearly had some type of leg cramping, air quotations there, as far as why he had to come uh, leave the game and come back in. But but if you're a team who's we touted the Browns saying they look good, they look good, they look good, and then all of a sudden they give up 40-plus points to the Ravens, who haven't put up that many points the whole season, I believe. So it's not as though this is... Hey, the Ravens are, are killing it the whole season, but the Ravens and Lamar Jackson had a game that they had basically last year. When Lamar's putting up MVP-type numbers, this was an MVP-type Lamar Jackson game that we saw last year. So, not too big on the Browns' loss here just because it is just a crazy game overall. Lamar Jackson played extremely well, and I think the Browns did too. Just you got to slow down the points, got to slow down the offense. Uh, my second loser here is a team that lost in the same fashion that the team that beat them usually does. And that's the Falcons, of course, because they played the Chargers. The Chargers actually won a close game down the stretch and kicked a field goal to win, which is just remarkable and unbelievable to me because that's usually how the Chargers lose games, usually on the opposite side of that. But we've seen the Falcons this whole season really just don't have it. They don't have the ability just to punch it at the end. They don't have whatever they need to to get over the finish line, but they've just lost games they should have won, period. I think the Falcons are going to look back on this season and go, listen, we had like six, seven games that could have gone either way. And we could have won these games and been in the playoffs and be, you know, be doing something. But instead, we lost these games. I mean, we're talking about the Falcons lost that that game that was, again, forever ago. But that game against the Cowboys was just crazy. The announcers were saying with five minutes left in that game how, uh, props to the Falcons, it's all over, and the Cowboys come back and win. And this game, the Chargers didn't really come back and win necessarily as much. It was only 20-17. to 17. But the Chargers did kick a field goal to win, and they did actually win on a field goal going through the uprights, which, of course, it seemed like it was going to go the opposite way until the Chargers get that interception. When the, when the uh, Falcons were driving down, the Chargers get an interception and then, of course, make a couple of plays to... Um, to kick the field goal and win, I can also shout out another Oakland State guy, Tyron Johnson, caught one of those passes from Justin Herbert to get them in field goal position. But nonetheless, my Oakland State fan, I'll try to keep it a little bit quieter the rest of the podcast here because the, the Chargers did win the game. So shout out to them, but the Falcons really lost it. They had a lot of chance to go down and win. You'd figure a team with Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, and Todd Gurley would go down and win games. I understand they don't have Julio Jones right now, and he's kind of dealing with a hamstring issue, but... The Falcons do look like a good team. Do look like a pretty darn good team week to week. It's just not for the final five minutes of the games. And I probably haven't harped on them enough lately even. So I do want to throw the Falcons in there. I'm just kind of a loser. Listen, they're, they're playing for, at this point, draft seeding. So if the Falcons are just going for a higher draft pick, then they're all playing chess when I'm playing checkers here. But I don't necessarily think that's what's going on. I think the Falcons just absolutely just lost the game. Uh, my third loser here, as I said when I talked about when I, when I earlier talked about the Bears 
winning. I said I was going to talk about the Texans losing, and that's my scheme here. So, not only the Texans lose. Texans only scored seven points in the entire football game. And the Bears scored 36, maybe even 37. And this just feels like a loss that's kind of devastating, that is team-changing, except for the fact that the Texans already fired their head coach. So I know the Texans are just kind of punting into next year whenever you fire head coach midseason, who slashes your GM and Bill O'Brien. But, I mean, how do you score seven against the Bears? The Bears hadn't looked good any week at all. The Texans almost beat the Colts last week. They were driving down to win. And instead, Texans lose, and they lose badly to the to the Bears. I mean, the Bears don't do anything real special on offense. They either have Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky, and they look decent. Don't get me wrong. Those guys are okay. They are NFL starter-quality guys. But I think that if Mitch Trubisky was starting for the Jaguars, I don't think they'd have any more wins than they, the Jaguars do now. Maybe one, but that'd be it. And maybe Nick Foles would do a little bit better. But what I'm saying is, is that the, the Bears are nothing special. The Bears are nothing great. They're nothing special, except for the fact that they ran all over you. And Dave Montgomery just ran all over the Texans the whole time. So, I mean, the Texans really got to get together. They don't have their first-round draft pick, as we've said on multiple podcasts. Um, they don't have their first-round draft pick this year in the NFL Draft. They traded it for Laramie Tunzel and, I believe, Kenny Stills. I, I don't know where you go from here if you're the Texans. The Texans are in a really, really tough spot, not only in that division, but, to be honest, I mean, just with Sean Watson at quarterback, they're in a tough spot because they just paid him, and... They're not, they're not doing anything to help him out. It doesn't help out at all that Will Fuller got suspended, you know, for performance-enhancing drugs. But I that may have given him another touchdown or so. I just, I think at the end of the day that the best thing that you or I have said on the podcast was something that you said earlier. That Chase Young is what the Texans were hoping Javion Clowney would be. And instead... The J. Van Cloney highlight that I think we're always going to remember is that incredible sack against Michigan and picking up the ball off the ground and, you know, taking it from the yard or two. But basically just, I mean, just hitting a guy so hard that the ball just, just sits here on the ground and he's able to pick it up. Because I don't think J. Van Cloney has a better play after that. I don't know if many players do in the NFL ever have a better play than that, especially if you're that highly talented coming out of college. But I think that's going to be the one highlight we ever know Clowney for. We're not going to know him for winning the Super Bowl game or doing defensive stops or whatever. And he now doesn't even play for the Texans anymore, which I think is crazy. So I I really, really hope the Texans figure it out and get a couple more wins or or just kind of are better because I like seeing good football week to week. You know, I think we both like seeing competitive football, especially when our teams are playing each other, you know? I mean, I love seeing the Cowboys win no matter how they win. Of course, they beat the Bengals this past week, and it was great. It was an awesome game because the Cowboys won, even though it doesn't matter that the Bengals aren't great at all. They're not even looking good whatsoever this season, After uh, especially after Joe Burrow went down. But what I'm getting at is, is that we like seeing good football. You know, we like seeing good football matchups, and I like seeing competitive teams match up against each other. I mean, I loved Monday Night Football's game. You know, Browns-Ravens, I've got no stakes in either of those two teams in the whole entire game. There is an Oklahoma State player on each side of the football there. And I, I just, I, I loved watching the game. Lamar Jackson looked incredible. But Baker Mayfield and the Bears, and the Browns, excuse me, were able to keep up. But then you watch that, 
you know, just watch the Bears game. And I didn't watch the whole thing. I'm not going to lie. I, I watched um, highlights and stuff like that of it against the Texans. But it just is, I thought Deshaun Watson was going to be, like, just so incredibly great. And we see this rematch of the two guys who were drafted in the same, you know, top 10, top 15 picks. And Trubisky and Watson go against each other. And oddly enough, of course, it's 2020, and we know it's 2020 because Trubisky actually won the matchup, which is just to put a little recap on the whole year. That's just how things are going. Trubisky should not have won earlier on this season before the game even started. I've gotten not a chance. And before the year it started, I got not a chance. Watson will win that matchup. And must be 2020 because weird things are happening like this where the Texans were seven against the Bears 30 plus. Yeah. And I, I got you from that standpoint. And then when, when you talk about Clowney and his hit, like that's not how I remember him or how I'm going to remember his career. I mean, that's just, you know, realistically how some people that were big, you know, draft people will remember him. Um, I, I think it's a consensus that people who like playoff football or at least the people here in the Philadelphia area will remember it for, for the, the dirty hit last year on Carson Wentz. And, uh, you know, with that being said, uh, also to one last touch point on the Texans, they're bringing in uh, Lewis Riddick today for an interview for the general manager spot. So uh, that could be a good location for him. I know on Friday they're bringing in uh, the Lions are bringing Lewis Riddick in for an interview. So be curious to see what happens with that situation. But um, speaking about that dirty hit on the Davian Clowney with Carson Wentz, uh, brings you right into the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, obviously, the, the big storyline of last week was Yep, we're going to go in a different direction than Carson Wentz this week. We're going to try Jalen Hurts. Uh, for people that don't care about the NFC East or like know who Jalen Hurts is, Jalen Hurts was a really good quarterback at the University of Alabama. Um, had some success, was benched uh, basically in the middle of a national championship game for not, you know, producing for Tua Tagovailoa. Long story short, you guys all know how it ends. Tua Tagovailoa you know, brings him back. They win the national championship. Uh, Jalen Hurts becomes the backup quarterback moving forward. Uh, that next season, Jalen Hurts is on the bench. Then he transfers to OU. Uh, goes to OU, picks up that playbook. Really good. Uh, was a runner-up in the Heisman race last year. Um, and then entered the NFL draft. So, I mean, you really didn't know what you were going to get, but you get a winner. Right? The guy has proven that he can win games. He's played on the big stage at Alabama, OU. Um, so he's very familiar with that aspect of things. So the Eagles... A lot of people questioned the pick, including myself. Uh, drafted him in the second round this year after giving Carson Wentz, you know, $128 million extension. Um, with that being said, you know, all the talk last week was it's going to be Jalen Hurts' show. We're, we're playing the New Orleans Saints. I don't know how it's going to look. And to be quite frank, I, I said this in the middle of last week. I said that, hey, here's the deal. Like, the Saints don't have film on him. Like, he's going to come in. He's a rookie quarterback. I'm ex- I was excited for the game because – Let's face it. I mean, it's the unknown. You don't know what you're going to get out of the guy until he's out there and, and put in these situations. And I'll tell you what, in his first NFL start, like, he played a heck of a football game. And I personally didn't see it, you know, like that from the middle of last week. I thought it was just going to be downhill and, like, the Saints defense would, like, stuff him because they only give up, like, 8.8 points the last three games they played. Uh, keep in mind, they only played, like, the Broncos without a quarterback and the Atlanta Falcons twice. But still... Um, it just felt like the moment wasn't too big for him. And the numbers weren't flashy. And, and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but, like, he was able to just run the play and right, make the right read. And that was the number one takeaway I, I took from it. 
Um, he was 17 of 30, only 167 passing yards, one touchdowns, no interceptions. The big number in all this, he was not sacked once in the whole game. He was QB pressured eight times. I'm sorry, 14 times. He turned those 14 pressures into 82 yards rushing and zero negative plays. Let me make that clear again. He was not sacked and was able to avoid sacks by rushing the football for 82 yards and zero negative plays on those plays where the defenders were in the backfield with him. So he did a really good job with that. Uh, I just thought like he rose up to the occasion. Listen, New Orleans Saints is a really good defense. That's that's not a, a sham. What we saw this past weekend with Jalen Hurts, I thought it was really good. Uh, the other key that helped him so, like I guess, could be successful this past week was the run game. And I've cried for this since week one. Like, why are we not running the football? Everyone's hyped up this Miles Sanders kid. He was really good last year. What happened? Why are we not running the football? Miles Sanders got 15 touches. He had 115 yards and two rushing touchdowns this week. Like, how long, like, uh, until our backs are against the walls and we're just about eliminated from the playoffs to start running the football again? Um, and he had a really great run. It was like a 70-something yard rushing touchdown. And he hit uh, our old best friend, Malcolm Jenkins, with a stiff arm. It's a really great photo. Um, you know, a guy who really ripped apart the locker room on his way out in management. Uh, it was nice to see that. Um, and not only Miles Sanders was over 100 yards, Jalen Hurts, again, he had 18 carries for 106 yards. You know the last time the New Orleans Saints gave up a 100-yard rusher? 55 games ago. So they gave up 200 yards rushers in one game to a rookie quarterback and a running back. That hasn't been heard of in the last, what, one, two, three. We're, we're, we're talking almost four full seasons. Actually, yeah, I mean, we're, we're there. So, like, it was, it was a really good all-around win for them. Like, yeah, I feel like that was a, a Doug Peterson coaching for his job game. Um, I was impressed. I really was. And uh, the defense – Listen, the defense all year long has been good enough, if that makes sense. Uh, they haven't been great, haven't been awesome, haven't been bad, but they've just been, like, good enough. If they just had average quarterback play, they were fine. Uh, Duke Riley was really the star of the defense this week, had an interception, uh, made a big stop on fourth down, clogging the hole. Um, was really excited to see, like, good linebacker play. Like, we didn't have TJ Edwards this week, which was nuts, and we were still able to eke out this W. Um and then Josh Sweat, um, and, and we'll touch on this in a second. He had another strip sack. It was a fourth down play. It really doesn't make, make a difference in this, the fumble recovery. But Josh Sweat last year had the same exact stats as Jadavion Clowney. Jadavion Clowney got paid, what, $16 million, $17 million this year, something like that. And Josh Sweat's only making like $500,000. Like, to put it in perspective, that's how much of a failure Jadavion Clowney is. And Josh Sweat is on the D-line here with the Eagles. He's going to get paid if he does leave. And I believe he has another two years left. Um, but still, like, the defense looked great. Jim Schwartz, like, I don't know what it is. I think that the players like him on the defensive side of the ball. I think they want to play for the guy. Um, and I was just really impressed. And like I said, they have another game this week. Real, probably their toughest game left in the schedule um, versus Arizona. Uh, in Arizona this week versus Kyler Murray, they're coming off a W. Um, you get the two, what, uh, OU quarterbacks going against each other. I think that's going to be the storyline this week. Um, they actually got film on him now. They watched him play. They got some NFL film. What did he do last week? What were his reads? What were his bad throws? And I can think of a couple bad throws in the Jalen Hurts game where he kind of, you know, skidded the ball in there instead of, you know, putting it on the guy's chest. 
Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. Will, will we continue to run the ball? I mean, are we going to get down in a hole quickly or how is this all going to work? So again, like I'm excited for this week. I, I really, I want to introduce like this whole playoff picture, the way it looks now for the NFC East. And it's crazy that I'm sitting here going like, well, the Eagles have a chance now after how bad it's been. And they went to Jalen Hurts. Like here's what the Eagles schedule looks like the rest of the way. They got Arizona this week, Dallas next week, Washington, the final week of the season. Washington currently has a game-and-a-half lead on them. Here's Washington's schedule. Washington has to play Seattle this week. Again, remember I said they might not have Alex Smith. They might have to go to Dwayne Haskins. Then they have Carolina next week. They're home for that game, so they should beat Carolina. And they play the Eagles. So between the, the Eagles and Washington, they could come down to that, very well come down to that Week 17 game. Again, this is all if the Eagles win this week and next week is, I mean— it's a lot of hypotheticals, but like there's a scenario where that comes down to that week, and I think that's realistically what the NFL wants, right? It comes down to the last week of the season. But then you got you can't count out the Giants. They still have the half game lead on the Eagles. They play Cleveland this week, Baltimore next week, and then Dallas the final week. Are they going to win all three of those games? Probably not. Let's be upfront. Like they'll lose one of the two between Cleveland and Baltimore, um, and then Dallas. I mean that'll be a toss up. I'm curious to see how that one plays out again. And like I'm not even, and, and we'll swing into Dallas right now. Uh, with you coming in in a second. But, like, they got the 49ers this week, which they just lost, right? They got the Eagles next week, and they got the Giants the following week. Like, there's a scenario where Dallas can get in if they just win out and, like, all this other stuff happens. Like, as much as I was, like, last week, like, getting away from it, like, you know, Monday, I made a tweet this week, Monday through Friday, I can tell you, I want the Eagles to lose. I want the draft pick. Give me Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase, right? Those wide receivers. Now I'm at the point where it's like, you know what? Like, it would be exciting to get to the playoffs. You know, if they can, if the Eagles finish seven, eight, and one, okay, that's cool. Um, but again, like, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, and then, again, like, I don't want to sit here and hype up the the Jalen Hurts train um, because you know there's a lot of stuff going on with is it going to be Carson Wentz next year? Is it going to be Jalen Hurts next year? And I think it's all to be seen. I mean, if you guys are familiar with Philadelphia talk radio, um, they're really dramatic. Right? People are so dramatic. Jalen Hurts plays one game. He's the best. He's going to do it. He's our franchise quarterback. We're moving forward. Like, he played one football game. Like Again, like my big thing is they never had film on him. We'll see what happens this week and moving forward. But just remember, the Eagles said that they were a quarterback factory when they drafted Jalen Hurts. And if you could have told me that they can trade that second-round pick from this year and get multiple first-round picks uh, for a following year, would you do it? You would say, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the situation they're in. It's like, do you shop him and get multiple first-round picks? Or do you trade Carson Wentz and just see what you can get? But, again, you're going to take that cap hit. So, it's really like evaluating what's happened in the rest of the year. Um, Doug Peterson has a crazy stat. I believe he's 11-3 and three when Carson Wentz is not starting at quarterback, uh, which is absurd. And it's almost like, well, why do you keep going back to Carson? I mean – Carson Wentz is Doug Peterson's guy. He drafted him. He was the first selection Doug Peterson made as a head coach. He made sure that he got his guy and, you know, move forward with it. I mean, I think that you're committing $60 million to the guy. And I think 2020 was just a, you know, janky year and they might go back to them. But again, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not in the front office. I'm not sitting next to Howie Roseman. I'm not talking to Doug Peterson every day. Like that's just the situation we're in. And it's, it's a tough situation, but it, it could be a lot worse. You could They could be sitting there without a quarterback right now. So uh, I'm looking forward to the game this Sunday. Uh, I 
I personally think the Eagles are going to win, but every time I've said that, they've lost. So um, I'll kick it over to you, Calvin. Obviously, the, the Dallas Cowboys had a nice W this week. Dallas Cowboys definitely did. And I'll touch on the Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz thing in a second. I mean, I have to get props to the Eagles for beating the Saints. I mean, Saints are number one team in the FC going to the game. So I, I have to give props to the Eagles no matter what here. It does pay me a little bit as a Dallas Cowboys fan, actually, a lot. But I'll let that go. So Dallas Cowboys beat the Cincinnati Bengals in case anyone missed it from this past weekend. The ending score was 30-7. to But if you look at key four different stats here, that I normally would look at as what goes into a winning, you know, winning game for a team. Dallas Cowboys didn't win any of these things. They had less amount of first downs, granted not by a lot, just you know, it was 16 to 18, so just two less first downs. Um, total yardage, Dallas Cowboys had less total yards than the Bengals, and possession. Cowboys also had less time possession than the Bengals did too. So, uh, oh, and excuse me, also the Dallas Cowboys had more penalties too. So how can I forget? So. I, you know, you talk about those four stats and you go, oh, well, there's there's no way that team really wins. Except for the bigger picture is that they're all pretty darn close except for, you know, except for the yardage. You know, um, the yardage was a little bit different in the time possession, actually. The Bengals almost had 10 minutes more. But the Bengals did fumble the ball three times. And so that's really how the Dallas Cowboys, I would say, just kind of won is each time the Bengals were going down, trying to win the game, you know, or just trying to put some points on the board. Giovanni Bernard fumbles the ball to start off the game. The dude never fumbles the ball. I mean, never does. But he fumbles against the Dallas Cowboys. And there were two more fumbles by two other guys on the team, too. So, listen, Cowboys really did take over the game and win. But Greg Zerline also had 12 points. I mean, the kicker had 12, 12 of the 30. So, the offense played really well. The Dallas Cowboys had the ball quite often. I mean, they had a lot of possessions if the, you know, if the kicker has four field goals. But at the same point, this isn't like a just an incredible win. The Bengals don't look that great. The Bengals need a lot of help. The Bengals' defense needs help, but also their offense needs a lot of help. They don't have their starting quarterback, of course, in Joe Burrow. So I, I don't want to put this win on any, like, huge, oh, amazing, whatever. I talked about this game a couple weeks ago, and I said, listen, if we can beat, you know, a, a team or two, then all of a sudden... You know, we get that Bengals game, and that should be an easy win. And I was saying that a couple weeks ago. So I said it was an easy win, and it was an easy win. I'm not amazed or impressed or anything like that by this game, except from the sheer fact of, hey, this is a nice one to have on the season. You know, like, if I want to look back on the whole season and after everything's over, and I've said that about several other teams here, just in discussion, but as I look back on the Dallas Cowboys 2020 season, it'll be nice going, oh, yeah, dude, remember that Falcons win? Oh, yeah, remember that Bengals win? Those were nice wins against teams that should be pretty darn good next year or have no reason to be bad next year necessarily. The Bengals may not be great next year, but they'll have a good draft pick this this coming offseason. They'll have Joe Burrow back, and they'll be probably pretty darn good next year, or at least competitive. So I'll, I'll look forward to these two wins on the season, the Falcons and the Bengals at least. The other thing I'll say is, is that you did mention that the Cowboys have a shot still. It, it, it's possible. Dallas Cowboys... I mean, they have a they have a shot, if we want to say it, to uh, to almost back themselves into the final game, you know, the final spot or whatever in the NFC that'll be decided for the playoffs. But I'd be surprised if Washington does give up this lead because I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, actually. How that uh, you know, oh my gosh, dude, I would be so amazed if the Steelers don't just win uh, their division because you know because whatever happens. And after the Steelers lost to the Bills, I think you and I probably are going, 
actually, it could be the Browns still, you know, could be the Browns could come up and take it. And now it might even be the Ravens because there are three more games left this season. Um, there's week 15, 16, and 17. So a lot of stuff can happen here. A lot of stuff can happen. Division-wise, seeding-wise, all type of stuff. But the rest of the way, Washington doesn't have that bad of a schedule necessarily, especially when we talk about the teams that they have beaten recently. I mean, what, didn't they just beat the Niners, and then they also um, beat the Steelers just the week before? So, you know, of course, that Dallas Cowboys win that they had against us was uh, really annoying on Thanksgiving. But besides besides that, I... I, I mean, you I, don't think think Washington's, that, uh, I think Washington's got, think got an easier Seattle? time. I well, I mean, I, I'd be I'd be surprised if they dropped it just from the sheer fact of like Seattle doesn't look crazy good. I mean, they beat the Jets forty to three, and that was a of course it was going to be a win. Yeah, that was that was a win written ten weeks ago. But the Seahawks have struggled against good defenses, and. Redskins are winning the games defensively, uh, you know, as you said. So I would be kind of surprised if the Seahawks. I I mean, sounds you weird to say. Have it from the Seahawks. That's why I'm saying like yeah, Seattle is gotta have it because they're they're going against the Rams. Like they're they're going back and forth and like exchanging W's. So like I, I feel like for Seattle, it's like they're gonna get up. Like Russell Wilson's been in this situation before, especially if Washington doesn't have Alex Smith. Like I just don't see him winning. Like. Yeah, Carolina, I can see them win. Like, that's, you know, sure, I think they're going to win the Carolina game. And, like, it's going to come down to the Eagles game, I think. Like I said, uh, the Eagles will know, basically, if, if they have a shot or whatnot, come the kickoff of their game because Seattle plays Washington at 1 o'clock. Yeah, that, that's very true. I I just don't think that the Giants just didn't look good at all against the Cardinals. Um, Cardinals looked fine beating them, so... And, I mean, the Eagles, maybe Jalen Hurts takes him. You know, I mean, hey, nothing's kind of out too too bad yet because the Cowboys are the last in the division as far as the stadiums go right now. So, I mean, nothing's nothing's written in stone yet. But I, I would be surprised if Washington doesn't end up winning the division just for whatever reason. I don't necessarily think that the Cowboys will, will get there. I, I'm looking at the Cowboys' schedule right now for the rest of the season. And, I, I mean, yeah, we've got two more divisional opponents. But at the end of the day, I mean... It's just it's just an uphill battle, you know. We we, we still do have to play the Niners um, this weekend. So, and I think the Niners are, you know, I mean, I, I know the Niners, you know, just lost to Washington, but I think the Niners are still pretty darn good. And the Eagles had our number earlier on this season. Granted, I know we had Ben DiNucci as the starter, not Andy Dalton, but that was pretty darn good. And I I just don't I don't give this Bengals win that the Cowboys had a ton of credit. Is my biggest thing from it. I don't give us a ton of props for beating the Bengals. Should be the Bengals, shouldn't have been that close, and check and check. You know, both those things happen. So, I guess that's the larger point I'm getting at here is that I would be shocked if Dallas does make really any noise here just because it would take, like, a weird, fluky game that either, you know, I, granted, I don't want to say anything get injured, but, you know, if Hurts gets injured or once has to come back in, doesn't play well, or, you know, it just it just seems like the, the Eagles game, if the Cowboys are able to beat the Eagles, that'd be weird, especially since the Eagles just beat the Saints. Um, and then if the Cowboys are able to beat the Giants, maybe. I think that one's a toss-up. I think that could go either way. But every team, every NFL team's always got something to play for. So I'm not going to say, that, you know, if the Cowboys are knocked out, they wouldn't play, you know, they wouldn't try to beat the Giants at least. And the Giants, you know, maybe would have the chance there to, you know, beat the Cowboys and be number one in the NFC East. But 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, am I just kind of out here on a limb? I mean, do you think the Cowboys or the Eagles have, have a shot here to still win in the division? Like a, like a true, like, hey, three games left, but not, you know, not even one game back, more than one game back here? So, I I do. I, I think the, the winner of the division is either going to be Philadelphia or Washington. I don't think the Giants are – I think their schedule – the next two games for them are so tough. They have all that issue with the quarterback. You know, Daniel Jones, his hamstrings all messed up. He can't run. So that takes away his part of the game. I think they they might even just drop these next two in a row, Cleveland and Baltimore, uh, the Giants. So I think they're like – they're going to be out of the picture. And then I think that with Dallas, like, you know, if they beat the 49ers this week, and let's just say the Eagles win um, and Seattle beats Washington, like, yeah, I mean, they're – they're back, and I believe if Seattle wins, Dallas uh, – sorry, if Washington wins, Dallas is out based on, like, that tie setting, whatever it may be. But, like, I personally – I look at the division, I go, the Saints are better than the Cardinals. Like, Knights and – Knights and, like, they're just way above, like, how good the Cardinals are. So, like, if we can beat the Saints and if we can find a way to beat Arizona, like, I think we should be able to beat Dallas again. Like – your defense did play well against us last time we played. And then it's an NFC East game. Let's be real. Like you're, everyone's going to rise up for that game. It's just, just how it goes. And then, you know, it will realistically come down to that Washington game. We said, I mean, that's what I'm looking at right now. I, if you ask me, and, I, and there's a lot of analysts on TV that think the same thing, that the Eagles are going to beat the Cardinals this week. Um, you know, I, I think that that situation is going to happen. I don't think Washington's going to beat Seattle. Um, even if they do get Alex Smith, I, he's banged up. You know, it's they're not going to be able to move out of the pocket. I mean, that, that's just I, I don't know. I feel like Seattle, like I said, they have to. It's a must win for them. They they can't have started off the year they did and people talking about MVP Russ and find a way to blow this division to the Rams. Like nothing against the Rams and like what they got going on over there. I just feel like Seattle has to have this for their own dignity. And. Like I said, like Carolina, like I think Washington will walk right all over. Uh, I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to play at all this year anymore. I think they're just going to bench him, and that sucks for people who drafted in fantasy football like myself. Um, yes. yes, it was the worst season in the world with that. But anyways, I mean that's just how I'm looking at it. Yes, like I said, they're all mathematically available. I, I think you're two that have the best chance of winning the division right now. And I'm not saying this because I'm a homer, but it's Philadelphia and Washington. I, I would agree with that. I'll, I'll I'll say that for sure. I. I don't give the Dallas Cowboys a, a shot, to be honest. I would be that's fine. so surprised. And my question yeah. for you now, Calvin, is is that, like, let's just say Dallas loses out. Let's just say, right? Yeah. You, you have what? How, how many wins? Four wins? You have four, four yeah, and 12? Four, yeah. Four and 12. So you're picking what? Top, top six picks, right? Something yeah, like I, I think top six. Yeah, whatever it is. So Justin Fields is on the board. Do you take him at pick six? Yes. I, and you I like hate that saying walk, that. Right? I, I hate saying that because I like Dak as a person. I think Dak has done a, a lot of great things as a person. Um, I mean, I, I fully support the mental health awareness and stuff after his you know, brother. But I, I'm not trying to get too sentimental. I'm just saying I like Dak a lot. I think he's great, but that's not an ACL tear. You know what I mean? That's not like a exactly. like just that's not an ACL or MCL tear that guys come back from. I don't think it's an Achilles either. But it's like such a weird ankle injury, and we know. I know, like I've seen the Cowboys overspend on guys before. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott didn't have fifty rushing yards, or, or didn't have hundred rushing yards against the Bengals. You know what I mean? And I think maybe the Bengals have a great bat, rush defense. I'm not sure, but 
Zeke has not like performed as well as you would think a $90 million guy would perform playing running back. You know, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys really, really should be getting paid about 10 to $20 million by the Carolina Panthers because Chris McCaffrey's value just went down a little bit because when the Dallas Cowboys ever paid so much for Zeke, you know, the Giants actually, that's probably the perfect example. The Giants should be sending a check for $10 million and a set of, you know, a dozen roses to the Cowboys saying, thank you so much for showing us how not to pay a running back because we now can say, hey, Saquon, we love you, but you're going to have to get a lot of your money from endorsements and commercials and brands because, listen, the Cowboys paid for Zeke and we can see how that went after year two and we're not going to be able to pay for you the same. So, it's just, I've seen the Cowboys just overpay for guys. I've seen them overpay for defensive guys. I've seen them make the wrong decision. I mean, I really wish we had Byron Jones and the Dolphins didn't. And I could go on for this, like, for forever. I would rather have a lockdown or all-pro corner than I would rather have um, an all-pro running back because I think the running back stuff just changes, you know, flips over more year over year than it does, um, than the corner side does. So I just don't want us to pay Dak a ton of money right here, right now, and I'd rather pay Justin Fields, granted, still first-round top 10 pick money, but I'd rather pay Justin Fields, um, you know, some more and see how he does, because I, I know it's going to be weird to say, Dak's still a very, very young player, he's not 30, he's probably, I mean, he's, what, four, five years in the NFL or something, if, if that, I just yeah. think we've seen, I just think we've seen the best of Dak in a Cowboys uniform. I, I, I think, think it's unfortunate. Too. I think it's unfortunate for me to say that just because I would love to see him get some more time and chances, but we have all the offensive weapons you could ever want, you know, in the Dallas Cowboys. We have, you know, some would say the best running back, you know, our top five running back in the NFL in Zeke Elliott, right? And, you know, we have one of the best lines, at least we've had, you know, the past couple of years, Grand this year's all injury stuff or whatever, but one of the best offensive lines. We've had, you know, two, if not three, all pro type receivers, you know, and then we drafted another one, you know, for this season too. So we've had the guys and Dak's not be able to get a ton of the wins. He had one amazing season, 13 and three. And then since then, I think people got film on him and whatever else happened, it just hasn't worked out. So I would rather see us take Justin Fields and throw him in there. And then honestly, I would love to see the Dallas Cowboys. If we have all seven of our, you know, picks this year for the draft, Draft Justin Fields on the first round, and then picks two through seven. You know, picks you know our second round, third round, fourth, fifth, and sixth and seventh round picks, all defensive. Because like, I know we've got guys. I know we've got Alden Smith, who's who's good. Who I think signed for a one year contract. And we have Sean Lee. I know we have um, plenty of other guys. We have Leighton Vanderash. We have you know Jalen Smith. We have all these guys. We still just need more help on the defensive side of the football. I mean, it seems like that. I it seems like I've been barking up the wrong tree. Um, every single year because I said we need offensive line when I mean, we got to be able to stop somebody at some point. We, I mean, teams have scored 40-plus points on us week in, week out. The Redskins did or excuse me, Washington did it. So how are we? Yeah. You know, I, I that, that's, what, that, that's, that's what I would say. I, that, that's why I would say it's a great question. I do love the question because it does bring up. But I would say what Justin Smith's there for sure. Is he, was he the BYU quarterback? No, he's the uh, the quarterback from North Dakota State. No, definitely pass. I'd rather. Okay. I, I'm I, just curious. No, if I'm Washington, 
I would not take another Ohio State quarterback in Justin Fields, even if he's available for them or whatever, just because they saw how Dwayne Haskins did, and Dwayne Haskins is supposedly good, great, whatever. But if I'm the Cowboys, I'm I'm so much more into taking one of the top two quarterbacks coming out as opposed to some other dude. I mean, if 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 the if the Trey Lance dude, you know, was, I mean. I don't know what the what the what the perfect example of this year is, but for whatever reasons, people didn't like Deshaun Watson when he won a national championship with Clemson. I I will never I will not really understand that why that a guy who is in the same conference and Mitch Trubisky got drafted over Watson. I will not really understand that for a while because Watson was like a proven winner who, you know, I mean who's who's like the almost the version of the NFL right now, mobile quarterback who can get by you more time, whatever. I mean, some dude kicked him in the eye, and he still scored a touchdown to win a playoff game, or at least to get close to the playoff game, however that went. So, I know it seems like so long ago, but I I really hope the Dallas Cowboys draft guys, draft a guy who's like just won games year over year. And I understand that wasn't Dak. Dak, Dak wasn't that dude. He didn't win a ton of games in Mississippi State, but neither did Tony Romo, of course, either. But I just... I, I don't know. I'd rather have Fields um, than anyone else. And if Fields is not there, I'd just say draft for need or whatever and don't draft for a quarterback. And gotcha. We'll see what we Makes have. sense. Yeah. Makes sense. And then my uh, my final question for you, because obviously I don't want yeah. to keep peppering you and all these, oh, yeah. all these uh, pressure questions with Dak Prescott. No, 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 no I'm, I'm down Where, for Where's it. he signing? If he leaves, where's he signing? Oh, man. I think that's a great question. I could New see. New England, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it. Um, I'm trying to think of who really needs New a Orleans, quarterback. right? Ah, dude, that would be so weird. It'd be so weird. Why would I don't I don't think they do because what isn't Jameis signed for more than one year? So uh, I think it's a two year deal. But yeah. I mean they 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 came out with an article today saying that they're going to give him the opportunity to compete for when Drew Brees is gone, which I personally think is going to be after this season. Like that that guy, he's so beat up and his his shoulders starting to give. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's done. Um, um, I could but, I could see. I could see two things happening. I could see some team like, like if uh, if Jacksonville doesn't love Justin Fields and you know the Jets end up, of course, drafting Trevor Lawrence. I could see Jacksonville paying for Dak, or I could see on the other hand a team just getting a really really good value out of Dak on like a make it a pro- make it or break it prove it year deal, kind of like how the Patriots did this year with Cam Newton. I don't know if the Patriots would ever really go after Dak, but I mean who knows? Anything's possible. I, I just, mm, I see it one or two ways. I see, ball, yeah. yeah, yeah, I see. Curveball, the New York Giants. Well, I mean, don't they have Jones for, don't they have Jones for several more years, though? I mean, isn't he Two like, more years, but they got Jason Garrett running the offensive plays. Maybe. I, I'm going to say no, just because if Dak goes there, that means that Dak's, I mean, the starter, right? Over Daniel yeah. Jones, and I just, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't see that happening because the, uh, I mean, one team I know for sure Dak's not going to is the Eagles, just because the Eagles have, you know, have hurts and too much going points. on, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but by the same, but by the by the same kind of explanation is that the the Giants have Cole McCoy is proven to at least step in and you know provide some type of you know winning qualities, right, to win a couple of games. And they have Daniel Jones. Um, I mean, their defense is good. That's why I'm saying with the Giants, like, all they're missing is that quarterback. That's really what they're missing. 
And like I, mean, I, I try to like I like Daniel Jones. I think he's a game manager. I mean, that's you know, but at, at the same time, if you have that opportunity to really go out and solidify that position, it might be worth it, especially with where the Giants are at. Like I said, they, they have the weapons on the offensive side of the ball. It's just if you can get that quarterback that's gonna make it in every single game, um, it's a great situation. But I, I'll, I'll stop pressing you on that. It's, it's gonna be an exciting offseason regardless. Yeah, I, um, I I think it is for sure. I think it's for sure. I I would be. What what if? Oh my gosh! I mean, if you you look up like several different websites or whatever, that, you know, um, that 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 have like, hey, this is what a team needs or whatever. The first one that comes to mind that I go, man, what what if, is the Niners? Oh yeah, Forty Niners. That'd be yeah. I mean, Garoppolo's not proven to be anything great. I don't know how many more years left on his deal. They he can get out of it after this year. Okay. Yeah, he's going to be yeah. injured any every so often anyways. So I'd say uh, in the top three on this website saying that, the, that they need a quarterback for 2021 is the, the Niners, Bears, and then the Bengals, and then the Bills, which is the weirdest possible third, fourth on this. The DraftNetwork.com needs to really update their stuff here. But I would say... Um, even the Chiefs are like tenth on the list. I don't know what they're doing. I would say the Niners, Niners and Bears. <laughs> um, I could see, I could see him going either of those two teams. I, I think Nick Foles is signed for a while though, so I don't, I don't know if they're yeah, but I think I, they might release him. I think they can get out of their contract this year. The guaranteed okay. money's I believe paid up after this year. Okay, yeah, maybe that, or maybe he's able to go into you know an open quarterback competition. I mean, heck, with the Saints would be kind of fun, or you know, if the Steelers go, hey, you know, maybe one more year, Big Ben, and then, and then, you know, then Dak or whatever. I don't, and, and that type of stuff, things very possible. So, we'll see. It's a great question, yeah. and I do. I, I mean, I, I like the questions. I mean, let me ask. Let me ask you this. I'll kind of, I'll kind of flip around a question for you. Twenty twenty one starts. Eagles, you know, have game one. Who, do, who do you personally rather have a quarterback, Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz? Well, I'd rather have a, a tough question because I haven't really gotten a full experience of Jalen Hurts yet. Right. Who do I think it's going to be? Well, Who do I think it's going to be. I, I think yeah. it's going to be Carson Wentz. Okay. I really do. Yeah. Um, I think you committed sixty million dollars. This guy's a sixty million dollar cap hit next year. Like if you cut him straight up, sixty million dollars. Like that's not going anywhere. Now they can find a trade partner, but you got to find a team that wants to take that. Like sure, like Indianapolis would be interested but like wh- what are they going to give back in exchange like we're not just going to give a guy away for a, like a fourth round pick it's just not realistic the guy was a number two overall pick the last three years he played well he played really really well and you know he has one bad year and like it's just incredible how this city just like flips on people and i personally think that there's a lot going on i he put on weight before the season i, I think that has a lot to do with it i mean because the football becomes lighter and you, you can't really get on touch of your targets. Um, you know, in regards to, he's a big guy in regards to bonding with chemistry. Um, years past, he would take his offensive line hunting with him. He would take his wide receiver, you know, core out to dinner and he would buy them all gifts. And like, he would work out with them like consistently all the time. Like with COVID this year, he just, he never had the chance now, but you're like, well, Wayne, Jalen Hurts didn't have it either. You're right. Jalen Hurts did not have that opportunity to do all that. Right. But that's a guy looking to earn his spot and he's, you know, putting all of everything on the line to make a name for himself. Um, I think it's a, a mistake to give up on Carson Wentz. I really do. Um, and I think that the reason why they went to Jalen Hurts this week was to first, you see what you got in that guy. First of all, his last four games are an audition. 
are you actually going to be the number two quarterback for us? And if that's the case, like, and he plays well, and again, if we end up in the playoffs, obviously that makes it a lot more harder for a decision. But if you don't make the playoffs and you kind of get that average quarterback play, like I said, it was one touchdown, no picks last week. Like, it wasn't like he threw for four touchdowns and no picks. Um, you know, you just go into that quarterback competition next year with the two. And, and personally, I think that's what Carson Wentz needs. He needs to be pushed a little bit. And uh, it, unless he comes out and says, I don't want to be here. I mean, a lot of the players have his back. Fletcher Cox came out and said, Carson's our guy. Brandon Grand came out and said, that's our guy. Like, those are the two big guys on the defensive side of the ball. Like, those are like the captains, those guys. They're saying he's our guy. Like, he's my quarterback. Fletcher Cox said he's his best friend. So, like, for me, it's like, yeah, sure. Like, if you want to roll with Jalen Hurts, it's fine. But, like, are you really going to keep a guy on the bench that's making 20-plus million? And if you cut him at $60 million, like, are you really going to do that? And, I mean, that's the situation right now. And, again, I, I think it's going to be Carson. They're going to give Carson the start from the jump next year. And if he struggles, then, then they'll make the move because the following year they can get out of the contract. The following season they can get out. So I think they'll give Carson one last shot. And if they really want to have fun with it this offseason, like I said, if Jalen plays well these next three games, and he, let's just say, he finishes a 4 0 record, there's going to be a team that falls in love with him. There's going to be a team out there that finishes in the middle of the pack, misses the playoffs, like pick 13, pick 14, and they need a quarterback, right? And they're going to come offer and they're going to say, hey, we'll, uh, we'll take him. We'll give you two first round picks for him. So that means technically you're taking that second round pick and turning it into two first round picks. And I think if you would have asked me in April, would you have made a trade for two first-round picks? You would say yes. So I think that's the situation they're looking at. Again, there's a lot of people here that go, oh, Jalen Hurts is our guy. Moving forward, he's only played one game, guys. Like, just understand that. Rough patches do happen. If you compare Carson Wentz's uh, fifth-year numbers to quarterbacks like Donovan McNabb, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, um, there's a couple other on the list. Very similar numbers. Like, yeah, they're not IPOC, but yeah, they're not good. But, like, bad years happen. They do. They realistically do. Um, and I think he's going to get one more jab at it. And, uh, you know, that's what I think. But, again, like, I can see both sides of the picture. I personally think that it's going to be Carson Wentz. Yeah, I agree. I think it would. You know, I think it has to be Carson Wentz, at least for one more year. Um, but, hey, Dylan Hurts in one in one game, right? Small sample size. One game looks pretty good. So, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm really fingers crossed that I know Doug Peterson didn't say it, at least on Sunday, that Jalen Hurts is the starter for the rest of the year, but I'm hoping he is because, I I, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's annoying. He's starting this Yeah, it. yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I mean, I, I just hope he starts, you know, every game for the end of the year just because I think he's played pretty darn good so far, and if I'm the Eagles, maybe he can be shopped. I, I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so, to be honest. I don't think the Eagles would do that, but – Man, it's uh, it's fun watching the Eagles play football with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback, and it's not as much fun with Carson Wentz. But maybe that's just because as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I've only seen Carson Wentz play us so far. I haven't had that bad memory yet. So we'll see what happens later on this season, of course, when I think Hurts will, will start against us. So with that being said, Wayne, um, what matches are you looking forward to for this week? Yeah, I'm actually pretty pumped up for the uh, the Chargers Raiders game this Thursday night. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. So for for people that aren't really familiar with that rivalry, um, when they the Chargers were in San Diego and uh, the Raiders were in Oakland, that was their big rival every year. Like so big of a rival that like the Raiders fans are, are pretty. I guess uh, you can compare them to Eagles fans, right? They're rowdy. Um, that Chargers and Raiders game at when they would play at Qualcomm. They would stop serving beer in the, the middle of the first quarter. 
I mean, that's just how rowdy those games would get. Um, obviously, no fans here this year, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people tuning in. Um, and it's going to be Justin Herbert's like first experience in, you know, in that situation. So I think it's going to be a nice spotlight for him. You know, get some TV time. People are going to be able to tune in see what he's all about. I really think he's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I think he's going to have a better career than Phillip Rivers. I'm going to say that right now. I'll come out in his rookie year and say that. Um, but yeah, and it's a big game for the Raiders. I mean, they're they're trying to get into the playoffs, and you know, like they, they squeaked by the uh, the Jets and they lost to the Colts this week. So like, it's a got to have it one for them. So I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, the second game of the week I'm looking forward to is the Patriots Dolphins. Um, the Dolphins can stick a fork in the Patriots season right now. They can do it. They beat them. Um, which it's definitely feasible. It, it could happen, but it's like, what does Belichick have left up of his sleep? And remember that stat I told you, Bill Belichick has never lost to a rookie quarterback. Just make sure you know that if, if you're a betting man, make sure you understand that come Sunday. Um, is this going to be the one who ends it or is he going to have a really good game plan for that? Um, if that's the case, so they go to Fitzpatrick. Interesting to see. I'm pretty pumped for that game. Um, I can't remember the last time that the Patriots would get eliminated and the Dolphins would be in the playoffs. Let's be upfront about that. Um, third game of the week, uh, you touched on it a little bit earlier, the the Saints versus the Chiefs. It could be a Super Bowl preview, right? Um, that's only if Drew Brees plays. Uh, Taysom Hill um, isn't going to give you the same type of excitement that Drew Brees versus Mahomes will get you. But I'm also hearing that Jameis Winston might get the start this week. There's a lot of talk going on around that. So... Definitely looking forward to that matchup, uh, like I said, depending on Drew Brees. And then another one, it's, it's a sneaky, it's, it's kind of like sliding under the, radar, uh, under the radar a little bit. The Chicago Bears versus the Minnesota Vikings this week. Both teams are 6-7. and seven. They're both fighting for the playoffs. Pretty much whoever loses is out. Whoever wins jumps into the picture again. So, I mean, I think it's a big stage. We're talking about Mitchell Trubisky earlier. Like, he's in the last year of his contract. Um, they brought up the numbers with him versus Foles. Like, he has better numbers this year. He really does. I... I'm one of the few that thinks that he shouldn't have been benched in week two when they brought in Foles and just kind of like took the loss to the Falcons. But um, at the same time, like I would like to see him play well down the stretch and land somewhere in the NFL next year, whether it be for another year back with Chicago or, you know, with another team getting a chance as a backup or something. Um, I, you know, I'm looking forward to that game. I think the Minnesota Vikings are just a running football team. Like they run the football with Dalvin Cook, and if you can shut that down, which the Bears have the ability to do, um, you got to make Kirk Cousins throw. So those are my four games I'm really interested in this week. Um, I'm sure you have a couple in there that are similar. Oh yeah, that that Chiefs Saints game cannot talk more about that one. I think that's going to be an awesome game, no matter if Drew Brees starts or if it's Taysom Hill or if it's maybe even James Winston. I I think it'll be an awesome game no matter what. I'm surprised the NFL hasn't figured out a way to flex that to Sunday Night Football. Just because, I mean, I mean, hey, Cleveland versus New York, like, normally, there wouldn't be a game to talk about, but it'd be because Cleveland isn't doing that well. Of course, it's the opposite. This year, Cleveland is doing pretty good, and New York's still competing for the NFC East, so it, it's not, not too bad of a game. Uh, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I'm excited to see uh, KC New Orleans. Of course, we, you know, you've talked about it at length, and I kind of talked about it as well, too. Uh, Philadelphia at Arizona. I mean, I'm really excited to see that one, honestly. I think a lot of fun, and I mean the rest of the games. I look down the list. I mean, not a not a ton of them. I'm just super pumped about. Uh, of course, I'll be watching Niners Dallas. Um, you know, seeing how the Niners do against the Cowboys. But I, I guess the one other game I'll throw in there is Seattle at Washington, which you know we talked about earlier when I was talking about the Cowboys and maybe playoffs or 
maybe not, and you know, kind of the Eagles. I mean, I think that'll be a lot of fun to watch, some really good games, because it is one team who plays extremely good on offense versus one team who plays pretty darn good or extremely good on defense, no matter what you may want to say about Washington. So, and we don't know if Alex Smith is able to play, if we get back or not. I think that'll be that'll be fun too. So, I mean, th those are my games. The rest of the games for the whole week that I look at, I mean, I'll be, you know, Chargers, Chargers Raiders, as you said, and the, and the other matchups you said, really, I just all, all agree with, you know, I mean, Patriots, Miami, all that type of stuff too. So, I, th I think it'll be a, a ton of uh, ton of good games this weekend here, and maybe we'll see some uh, crazy upsets again. You know, uh, I'm not too sure, but the one thing I will say is I don't see the Jets beating the Rams. I'll kind of lock that in. I don't see the Jets beating the Rams, but either way, I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, more NFL football again this weekend. So, especially as we get close to the playoffs. With that being said, Wayne, thanks so much for joining me here on the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. Please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And we'll catch you guys again soon. Peace.